Welcome back to the Blindsiders. I am Ben and I'm joined here by Brian and we are here to talk about episode 5 of Survivor 41. Uh, yeah, uh, and uh, it was a doozy of an episode. Uh, mm -hmm. And uh, we had uh, talked in the preseason and a little bit at the start of the season about how we thought that, uh, that Yasa was going to be the train wreck tribe or the chaos tribe or whatever. Mm -hmm. Uh, but, uh, but no, Ua here is, uh, <laughs> is, is gonna, is gonna be our, uh, our Matt Singh of the season, I suppose, or our, uh, you know, uh, Oolong. Yeah. Going down to two. And I then, know. Yeah, we're depending on what's going on next week with his, pre uh, with his, uh, preview, uh, hopefully not going down to one, but we'll see. Yeah, we, we shall see. And I gotta say, Ben, for the first time after the episode, I took Boston Rob's advice, I watched some tough as nails. Mm -hmm. and I have to say, should bring the Amazing Race back. Yeah, very. Uh, I'm very excited for uh, the new Amazing Race season to come yeah. back uh, in the spring, hopefully. I know they're filming it. They, they, I believe they uh, wrapped filming it recently mm -hmm. in the last few weeks. So good, good. I, yeah. I think we're all looking forward to that because tough as yeah. nails. Whew. Yeah, Whew. look, I, I'm. A big fan of uh, Phil Kogan on, mm. uh, on Love Phil in his role uh, filming in uh, the Amazing Race or hosting the Amazing Race, but mm. uh, no offense to him, I, I believe it's him and his wife who developed the concept of the show. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, uh, definitely not. Uh, you know, doesn't seem like a phenomenally uh, great show. And I've watched a lot of really bad competition reality shows in my life. Too many. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you'll Too be many. hearing all about that eventually, everybody. Just wait. Oh, yeah. We got plans. Yeah. I am so excited to talk about Solitary at some point. That's, uh, yes. that's a doozy. I'm excited to watch it. But, uh, Ben, I'm really excited to talk about this episode because uh, it was almost almost perfect. They had to ruin it a little bit because you can't have Modern Survivor without you know a little bit of ruin. But uh, all in all, pretty good episode. Yeah, uh, we're going we're gonna to have a little bit of a sidetrack in the middle there when uh, we go off about uh, the uh, <laughs> knowledge power twist mm -hmm. but uh, excluding that I thought this was a pretty solid episode yeah I agree uh, we had a good setup uh, good uh, you know I thought there was good stuff that we saw on all the tribes even though again Luvu we're getting very little from because mm -hmm. they've gone five episodes without losing a challenge mm -hmm. uh, I guess the, they lost the reward, the reward challenge but losing an immunity challenge yeah. Um, and, uh, but the Yasa stuff that we see is also very good. And then obviously the, uh, end of the episode was also very good. So let's start off here. Uh, I guess, well, what was the, what was the one thing from the, the top of the episode that, uh, that really stood out to you the most? Uh, was it the Ua stuff or the Yasa stuff? Uh, for me, it was the Yasa stuff just showing how, even though they're winning now, even though Xander is killing it in challenges, uh, He's still public enemy number one. No one really trusts him. He can't really do anything to get into the good graces. And I I do wonder, will this come back to bite Liana, to bite uh, Tiffany? Because, like, is this, is this good or is this, you know, them not understanding where they stand in the game? Let's say we do merge. Um, it's it's going to be even. Uh, mm -hmm. Luvu versus the world um, is even. There are two extra votes on the world side, but uh, 
yeah, I don't know. This is the time where they need to be at least faking some solidarity rather than plotting the demise of Xander. Yeah, um, I mean, if we're counting counting votes, uh, we have uh, Xander and now Shan. Uh, well, I guess technically Ricard by the end of the episode. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And then maybe Shan eventually next episode, mm-hmm. we'll see, uh, have extra votes. And then uh, Deshaun, I believe, also has the extra vote on the Luthu side. Mm-hmm. If we're assuming that if there were to be a normal merge next episode, which might not be a case, <laughs> then... There would be a uh, an eight to seven, or no, a. Hold on, I guess it'd, be, it'd be eight to eight to seven. It would be, be it would be eight votes. to seven. Yeah. Fifteen total votes, twelve mm-hmm. total players, disparity against Luvu, despite the fact that they've won every challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, if if we assume that that's what's going to happen, mm-hmm. but yeah, um, yeah, I thought this whole sequence was very odd. Um, the first question i have is do, do you think that uh there is more distrust in uh evie that then is being played up because evie explained what xander's idol and advantage and all that did already uh like seven different times at this point uh but uh liana and tiffany still find the need to go digging through xander's bag to read it themselves i mean i think Definitely there's some distrust there, you know. She's really been the only liaison between, like, the... Well, I guess there's no real sides, but between Xander and her true ally, she's the only one who really, like, bridges the gap. So Mm -hmm. I understand why there's a little bit, like, are we getting played here? Is this, like, for real, or is she trying to pull the wool over our eyes? Yeah, it's it's weird, though, because, like, it wasn't really framed like that. Right, mm. it was framed more so. Well, it was it was sort of framed like that, I guess. Uh, when uh, they were having a conversation uh, at the well, um, but again, when we look at the like way that the strategy plays out on paper, uh, we talked about this during the the Voce vote as well. Um, if you distrust Evie, you don't have power anyways, right? Mm. So like. It's just like strategically incorrect to, to even distrust Evie because if you don't actually have Evie, you can do nothing regardless. Right? Mm-hmm. You have no power, so it just feels it feels like a, a pointless exercise. Like a lot of this on the Yasa tribe to me felt like a pointless exercise in just like weird social maneuvering that's going to not actually matter. Hey Ben, they've they've had what, like, at this point, six days Mm -hmm. out of, like, ten where they're not at Tribal Council. They're bored, probably. Yeah. It's about the time Um, when people start looking through people's bags, accusing mm -hmm. people of stuff, telling each other, if you fuck with me, you're dead, even though you're in allies with each other, you know? Like... Yeah. Um, sure. (laughs) That's good. I'm I'm excited to talk about that. Um, but, um... Yeah, um, I guess the next question I have then is, what were your thoughts on how Xander handled all of this and on his decision to say that he wanted to pull in Tiffany over Liana and then also his handling, uh, revealing this idle information to Tiffany with a, a very 
blatant and easily uh, dis easily provable or disprovable lie. I mean, it was bad. I don't know what else to say. Like, yeah. it was just so funny. Like, he is very clearly trying to be like, well, I'll just tell her this and she won't question it. And then she, like, questioned it and he didn't have anything prepared. And yeah. then she's like, so where's the where's the other note? And he's like, oh, the one that's like, you found it in Immunity Idol? And she's like, no, the other one where you have to say the thing like you did at the first challenge. Mm -hmm. And he was like, uh, what? <laughs> Yeah, and I, I, this comes back to like the whole uh, the whole silliness of this the rare advantage idol uh, situation. Anyway, it's just like you can't hide the fact that you had the idol like you would with a normal idol uh, because like at a certain point, every single player in the game is just gonna know what all of these idols are um, just because it's like so obvious when you're like saying these stupid phrases at challenges. And then, like, everybody who finds the idol tells their allies. You have the entire Ua tribe knows about it because, uh, like, Brad revealed it and then was voted out. Um, yeah. So. Well, do you, do you want to talk about that aspect of it? Because last week I said, you know, it's kind of interesting that they're kind of doing, like, open idols, if you will. Uh -huh. Like, everyone's going to know where the idols are probably mm -hmm. provided they're decently socially positioned and i was like that's kind of an interesting wrinkle but no it's not because it leads to a very bad twist the end game was this this knowledge is power twist and i do not uh, like this <laughs> oh, you want to you want to jump straight to that you want to jump over the Ula idol stuff you want to jump over like the the second pointless conversation about luvu throwing a challenge yeah well we'll, we'll get back um okay. All right, we'll let's, just, get, let's just rip the yeah. mandate off. Let's rip the mandate yeah. off here. Um, okay, so <laughs> I'm going to compare the knowledge uh, power twist to in the game of Secret Hitler. Okay. Uh, there are scenarios where you can get a gun, and hopefully, you know, people listening know how Secret Hitler works, at least mm. sort of, right? Um, but I would compare it to when you're on the fascist team. On, uh, in Secret Hitler, and you get a gun. Okay. And, like, in the game, if there's, especially if there's an odd number of players playing, that's essentially like a, a pseudo win condition, right? Mm -hmm. Because the fascist player just kills one of the liberal players, it evens things up, and they can uh, force the votes down to a draw uh, where they basically have, like, at least a 70 or 80% chance to win at that point. Mm -hmm. Like, it's a soft win condition. And that's essentially what this advantage is. And Liana has just handed it for free, basically. It's yeah. it's insanely overpowered. It's it's just like psychotic that this got through. Like even even like I I take back everything that I've said negative about any other twist of season because this advantage is just that bad that like it makes all of the other advantages look fine in comparison. Yeah, I mean, egg on my face for bitching about how many extra votes there are going to be way back when. I would take a million more extra votes at this point. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Let, let's break this down, right? In theory, in, in like another Survivor season, right, this would actually require some amount of skill. Right. Um, where you have to have, like you said, some kind of social positioning in order to know who could have an idol, who could have an advantage, 
And if you waste it and use it and you don't get that person out and you're wrong, you've exposed yourself as being distrustful and like you face some social repercussion. Mm-hmm. But in this season, Liana is not even in that great of a spot. And she knows where four, four idols or advantages are. Four. Mm-hmm. Across three tribes. Yep. She knows where all three of the idols are, and she knows that Xander has an extra vote. Mm-hmm. So, the, the, it's, it's insane. She can just basically do a double, like, she can have a two idol disparity. Like, this is, this is, the advantage is basically worth two free idols handed to her mm-hmm. for not, no work. Yeah. I think, um, to, you know, in another season, the probably the best case scenario, obviously best case scenario being she snipes an idol from somebody, but like secondary, more like practical use is you're in the majority alliance. You want to vote someone off. Yeah. You want to make sure they don't have an idol. So you yep. ask them if they have an idol. They Correct. say, yes, you get the idol. They say, no. Okay. You know, they don't have an idol, but like right. in this season, no, too much, way too much. Yeah, no, I agree. It's it's something that, like, again, it comes back to, I just don't think the production at all thought through any of the interactions with, with any of these powers and twists. Right. Like, they, they just were, like, they had, like, seven different teams all coming up with random ideas, and then they all just came together and threw all of their ideas in, a bus, uh, in like, a basket, and we're just like, okay, we're doing all of them. We don't really have to think about how they, you know, interact with each other and could create completely broken situations. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've said it before, but I'll say it again. This is the most LRG slash ORG season of Survivor of all time. Yeah. Where, like, you're standing there and the person is like, oh, by the way, here's some bullshit that doesn't make any sense. And you're just like, why? Like, why are you putting this in the game? It doesn't make any sense but uh you know we're here i feel bad too because like mike white you know talked jeff down from his survivor cryptocurrency economy whatever the fuck he was gonna come up with and he was like jeff is this fun and jeff was like no also i don't know what fun is so (laughs) yeah i mean i mean look you know what is fun like the end game of this episode was fun where it was just two like people who had, uh, you know, uh, joint control of a tribe, but were also very paranoid and distrustful of each other, mm-hmm. and like having this kind of staring contest and having this like you know, uh, like you know, who blinks first social like situation, uh, where they you know end up voting together that we're going to talk about. Like that was very fun. That's, that's like textbook classic Survivor. That's like great. Uh, you know, tension and drama. And like, it's like, that's the sort of thing you want to watch Survivor for. Yeah. You don't need to watch Survivor for people to be like handed broken twists that like completely negate right. the entire game for no reason. Hmm. <sighs> well, Jeff thinks we do actually have to yeah. do that. So here we are. Right. Okay. We did it. We talked about it. Mm-hmm. Leave us comments in the down, down below. Do you love it? I one of those people who like inexplicably just has the most wrong takes I ever see and get like tons of like on Twitter. Not mm-hmm. gonna name any names, but you know who you are. Yeah, and let's. I don't also don't want to uh, glaze over uh, the way like the mechanic with which this advantage was handed out, mm-hmm. uh, where it's one player from the presumable winning tribe, one player from the presumable tribe that are about to go to tribal, mm-hmm. and one of them 
or each of them is being offered the opportunity to risk their vote. Well, obviously, the player who's about to go to tribal council is not going to risk their vote, and the player who you know isn't going to go to tribal council is be like, yeah, I can risk my vote. Who cares? I'm not going to go to tribal council. <laughs> Right. Like, literally, there's no intrigue in that at all. It's happened twice, and in both cases, the tribe, the person who's going to tribal is like, yeah, there's no way I can, you know, justify risking my vote here. You can just have it, and, you know, hopefully that'll uh, afford me some sort of good graces. Yeah. The only the only move for them to make in that situation. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> no, it's not even like the other, like, it, it's, it's somehow less interesting than the other versions of these prisoner's dilemma situations they set up because there's only one decision to be made and it's the one that's been made twice mm-hmm. so oh boy all right and that sucks because i i really i want to talk about uh you know eventually after we get past the other stuff we have to talk about that we you know placed over like the uh shan and liana conversation in moma was really nice and unfortunately that got like super under swiped and undercut by this horrible advantage that came right after for no reason. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. All right. So, should we talk about the Ua Idol? Yes, I, I think this is this is like the one of the most important things that happens in the episode, and then somehow still doesn't end up. <laughs> right. Um, where uh, we open, and uh, Genie is like. Well, yeah, we all know that Brad got uh, voted out with an idol in his pocket. Uh, so I'm going to go try and find that idol. And then off she goes. And then, you know, five to, t- five to 20 minutes later, apparently she found it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really good on a regular season of Survivor. Great stuff for her. Not on this season. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because they know how it works. Uh, Brad uh, told Shan how it worked. And then Shan told everybody else after the Brad vote, how it worked. Uh, and so they know that if they open it, then they will, uh, or Brad also told Jeannie how it worked as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, they know that if they open it, they will lose their vote until Luvu gets their act together and one of them <laughs> finds the fucking idol. <laughs> and, um, so you guys haven't like, been to tribal council. What the hell are you doing? Yeah. Um, yeah. It's pretty funny. Um, and so they're like, okay. Now Jeannie goes back and she's like, I found the idol, but I haven't opened it yet because mm. I don't want to lose my vote because we're three people and my vote is very important. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what, do you, what do you think about this? Um, I mean, it kind of made sense for her. Obviously, she didn't know that they were going to lose the challenge again mm. by some goodwill um, with her tribe. Um it's just such a weird situation to be in where it's like, wow, the idol is right there and I cannot take it because it might backfire on me for this weird shit. But it might not, but it might. So I, I just can't risk it. Okay, so here's here's my question. Mm-hmm. Is the play to instead basically do what they lied about Shan doing? Right, mm-hmm. not to do what Shan did, which is take the idol and then lie about saying the phrase, but to mm-hmm. actually not take the idol and then say the phrase of the challenge. Because from my understanding, based off of the like literal reading of the parchment, uh, as long as all three phrases are set up to challenge, all of mm-hmm. the idols become active. 
Yeah, so, so I was thinking about this, and I believe it's probably, like, part of the terms and conditions. It's like, you cannot say this phrase unless you take the idol, because that fucks over, like, two other people. Because Shan claimed that she did. So wouldn't they have stopped her from claiming that she did if that was not allowed within the mechanics of the game? Right? I, I, I think... Yeah, can you, are you allowed to lie about cheating? I mean, I think it really depends if someone has a parchment uh, and asks you if you're sure. lying. Um, but no, I think... Because uh, <laughs> yeah, then if, you, if they ask, you have to tell the truth. You have to tell the truth. So, yeah. oof. Complicated. I think, I think it's so murky... I don't. I think the idea is like you have to take it and you have to have the risk, or you can't say that. Okay. Thing. Okay. Well, like, what are they gonna do, right? They're like, just what, gonna what not let gonna you do? say it. No, but you. What are they gonna like? Have a production assistant come up and put a gag in your mouth? They're just gonna scream it out. At, they'll, they'll just be like, if you do it, you forfeit your place in the yeah, game. Okay, but like. <laughs> If you don't, if you don't say to the producers beforehand that you're going to do it for them mm. to tell you not to do it, right? Mm. And you just do it. Like uh, what, I, what are, producers I, can't do anything. I, they can't do anything, right? They, they can't. can't. Okay, I, yeah. I guess if you, Danny Boatwright, it and you keep your plans secret from the producers, then they're going to be in a pickle, and they probably will let it go. Sure. But, but like, okay, even if they don't allow you to have the idol be active in that case, hmm. Shannon Ricard will think that you have an active idol, right? Yeah. So that's just as powerful, theoretically. Mm -hmm. Even if yes. the idol isn't yes. technically active. Which in a three-person tribe, it's just as powerful. Yeah. So that's my thing. That's how I would play it. That's like mm. the way that I think that is correct to play. But yeah. I don't know it, the way that the the fucking rules are written is so like unclear and it's like it's like really poor it's like they have lawyers on the show but they have no lawyers that actually look over the like mm -hmm. terms and conditions of the advantages because i'm pretty sure this is like there's like super loopholes here that yeah. you can exploit no i i think like i think if you did that without telling the producers they would be forced to let you like yeah. go for it um I just think they, they would try not to. But, yeah, this is part of the, what we were talking about when you add 18 million twists with, like, different variations of what has to happen to get them activated. Eventually, uh -huh. it gets too muddy to keep track of and to, like, talk about in hypotheticals for us who were not playing with, like, all the rules laid out in front of us. We can only, like, speculate on how the producers would react. Sure. Um, and also, I wouldn't even be surprised the producers haven't had a conversation as deep as we've had in the last two minutes about the intricacies of this, and they'd have to, like, make stuff up on the spot. I legitimately don't think they thought it through. Yeah. I mean, I'm never going to trust again after the Game Changer Surrey moment. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, no, yeah, I just... I don't know. I feel like if somebody were to do that... It's like creative enough where I think you should just let it let them get away with it. Agreed, agreed. <laughs> but like again, on uh, on Game Changers, you know, uh, there was you know a situation. Yes, with the, yeah, Sarif finesse 
yeah, yeah, steal, steal the vote. And... Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I think at the very least, though, if you're Genie, you go for it. Like, there, I can't imagine if I'm in Genie's position, I'm, first of all, telling them that I'm going to go search for the idol. That's stupid. I know, I know. And then telling them that I found the idol and then not even taking it. Um, because, like, you're just, like, you're asking to get finessed at that point, which mm-hmm. is what ends up happening. Yeah, I mean, it's it's bad. It's uh, it's really mm-hmm. not good. Yeah. But at least so, yeah. he takes care of the fire, so that's something. Yeah, I mean, that's the whole, like, that, yeah, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't, I, maybe, um, maybe I'm being too critical on, like, you know, it's, it's easier said than done to play, like, super ruthlessly and to, like, assume mm-hmm. that everyone is trying to screw you over. Um, because I think that, at the very least, the amount of paranoia, like, I would rather be on the Shannon or card side of the paranoia to no paranoia spectrum than the genie mm-hmm. side. Right? Uh, and that's evident, I think. You know, I think I think that point is proven by the end of the episode uh, mm-hmm. that that's the correct side to be on. You should yeah. always you should always uh, tend towards being more paranoid than less paranoid on Survivor. Hmm. So, are we going to the immunity challenge next? Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, we have a brief moment on uh, Luvu where they, you know, uh, talk about throwing the challenge again, uh, and they have to bring in Nasir this time so that he doesn't just win the challenge on his own. Uh, hey man, like can you week. cool your shit, please? Yeah. Like, what the we hell? Very much like to vote out Erica before this merge. Hey, but they do show good respect, as Nasir says to him. He's like, I don't want to do it. And they're like, okay, then we won't do it if you're not on board. So I think yeah. they realize. More so they can't do it if he's not on board. Yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> he's like, I don't want to do it. Okay, well, then I guess we won't because you'll win this challenge by yourself. So. Yeah. Um. Yeah, no, I think uh, I think that's good. And I think uh, Deshaun and um, Danny both kind of realize, like, there's not a lot of guys in this game left. We got to stick with Nasir as much as we possibly can. Yeah, I mean, they say that, but, like, going into this next episode, it's, it's only 7-5, right? Uh, so it's not, like, a huge disparity. Yeah, 7-5. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. At this point, it's 8-5, but, um, mm. but, yeah, going into this next episode, it's, it's not like it's, like, if it was, like, even... 8-4 or like you know obviously like 9-3 going in like yeah that would be a significant issue what was that like um, San Juan del Sur had like a like 9 to or like 8 to 4 or 8 to 3 something like ridiculous yeah for men to marriage. women and then the women yeah. all made the end hell yeah they did fuck that yeah. season's so good <laughs> yeah um no, it was, yeah it was uh, I think it was I think it was 8 to 4 right mm. uh, because it was the final three and then also Baylor yeah and the, the um, Julie was there for a minute, but well, count Julie. Yeah, actually, maybe it was seven to four then. I don't know. Uh, mm. Regardless, um, yeah, uh, I think that I think the male female thing is way less of a concern for Luvu than the mm. uh, we're so powerful that the other two tribes are going to be forced to work together mm. and they're going to have an advantage. Yeah, the Tang Dang conundrum. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. And that's so, why we have the intentional Met thing, and why mm-hmm. you know, we can talk about uh, you know, potentially uh, Denise and Malcolm Mark for Dan uh, Ricard. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's possible. It's very yeah. possible. But, uh, yeah, so 
Ben, I have to say, this is almost this flashback at the challenge almost makes up for how bad of the flashbacks have been the rest of yeah. the season. How this almost makes up for the the terrible flashbacks previously, and also how stupid it is that we have to keep on hearing these phrases over and over again. Mm. Us. <laughs> yeah, because like. You know, at this point, we've been conditioned to understand Louvre's not finding the idol. Mm-hmm. And they, they, they fucking got us. They got me anyways. I don't know if you had, a, like, any indication. I thought they might do this last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, I was prepared for it last week, and I was like, okay, they're just not They're not even looking at this point. And this week kind of <laughs> got me. Like, I, I I'd always thought that this was a thing they could do, because people mm-hmm. have been talking about it. Like, oh, the, the way that you would actually do a good flashback sequence was this. <laughs> yeah, man, it reminded me. Uh, let, well, let's talk about, we talked about LRGs before. Remind mm-hmm. me of a season of Survivor Bush, um, where okay. the, hid, the hidden immunity idol for the entire game, and it came down to the two tribes, even numbers at the merge, and then... Right as they were about to read the votes, the guy got up and it did a flashback to like way back at the beginning of the game when one of the guys found the idol at the tribal council and he played it and that was like the defining vote. And I was like, damn, that was pretty good and creative for like a fan-made survivor made in like 2010. (laughs) So like, you know, I'm glad, I'm glad the real survivor finally caught up to the online survivor, not just in dumb twists, but also in interesting editing. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I mean that's also um, it's also interesting too for if if you have like a multi episode arc like that because mm. you have to uh, intentionally leave out any sort of relevant strategy talk around that person having an idol uh, mm. and you know that's difficult to do sometimes uh, yeah. because like that sort of uh, you know bonding or like, you know strategizing is pretty common these days mm. on Survivor. Um, yeah, this is obviously very different because it was just one day. <laughs> but yeah, Nasir finally finds the idol. Yep. Um, yeah. Good for him. He's very fun. He's definitely winning that Sia money, undoubt, undoubtedly. Oh, for sure, yeah. <laughs> I mean, assuming that Sia's still doing that, I don't know if she is. Right, she's had some bad publicity lately, so maybe not. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, obviously I think that like the, the Nasir is being set up to be like the fan favorite of the, mm-hmm. of the season, uh, you know, very positive, uh, arc, very odd arc too, because it seems like every other episode is like the opposite story that's being told about him in the previous one, where it goes mm-hmm. from like, oh, Nasir's playing so badly, look at all these people who want to vote him out, to wow, Nasir's really socially in with everybody, look at how great he's playing, it's like, I have no clue where Nasir... I think I have less of a clue of where Nasir stands than Nasir has at this mm. point. And I think that says something, because I don't think Nasir has any clue where he stands at. Mm-hmm. Nah, agreed. Yeah. But he does have a good point, too, about the flint, now that now I'm thinking about it. Really? He's like, listen, I have lived in abject poverty. You need fire. And they're like, all right, fuck. Yeah, we, we do. So. Yeah. Well, do you like that as a... Um... As a, a wrinkle, for to take the flint away. Yeah, um, in terms of like making it like basically disincentivizing tribes from further challenges. I mean, Ua hasn't lost in 
week or hasn't won rather in like a week and they still mm-hmm. have a fire so like i don't know i don't know how how actual like the threat might be worse than the reality of the situation yeah uh, who was it somebody i think started to fire without flint early right or was that not like the thing that happened um i think it's just nasir being able to start it with flint when deshaun could okay. start it with the flint sure might be okay. what you're thinking about yeah okay i mean sure uh i i i think that we've talked about this on like big brother where it's like the have not twist recently during like modern seasons of big brother uh is just so pointless uh despite the name of our podcast uh you know we our podcast is named around the concept of have nots but uh still because of the way the show is edited uh have nots on big brother are very close to irrelevant like 99 percent of the time they don't even show it yeah and i think similarly on survivor uh there's like so few like specific camp life sequences in terms of like the survival aspect these days that like making the camp life harder doesn't really translate to anything meaningful on screen in my opinion yeah um yeah i don't necessarily love the idea of like you know disadvantaging tribes from throwing challenges because i think that like i think throwing challenges despite what you know nasir and others are saying on the show uh generally is good i would say uh like most in most cases historically on survivor throwing challenges has worked out uh, mm. from what i can recall and in fact you know if you look at like survivor winners and especially like in early seasons most survivor winners uh participated in throwing a challenge at some point mm. whether it's hey. a tribal or you know individual. listen ben tell that to the zapatero tribe all right They're, they were a bunch <sighs> of mean, bitches and they threw their challenge and and look what happened to them sure yeah no that's really the one example i could come yeah. up with like, when literally I was, like, the one through. counter example i guess also yeah. you could say the um uh what's the that's is it was it was salani or salani was the woman tribe in one world what was the uh, men tribe that you know won immunity and then decided uh, to go um malolo yeah malolo yeah yeah that was that was a bad episode yeah well yeah for other reasons yeah um but yeah that's probably another instance where like i guess technically throwing a challenge even though they didn't throw it really mm-hmm. uh didn't work out no. uh, good tv moment with yeah. jeff's eyes like but, what the fuck these idiots again those two are examples of them doing that for like stupid petty reasons mm. as opposed to like actual like long-term strategic thoughts yeah and like honestly the first time one was openly thrown was survivor africa and i would yeah. i would say that was like there was like the alliance being made in borneo yep. and then the throwing the challenge was like the second big strategic moment of survivor yeah i would agree yeah so like it has a long and storied and often successful history, like you mm-hmm. say. Yep. And then, yeah, again, we have you know, instances of throwing individual immunities. Uh, Richard Hodge mm-hmm. throwing the final immunity. Uh, Tina Wesson threw the final 10 immunity. 
mm-hmm. to uh, to guarantee the uh, extra vote situation would play out yeah. in their favor. Uh, Fazapia through the final immunity, uh, and uh, actually, no, did she throw it? No, no, she won. Uh, no, no, yeah, she threw it to the Nalia. Yeah, right? no, Nalia yeah. won. Yeah. yeah. Um, after Katya dropped, uh, Brian Heideck threw numerous challenges, uh, and then won towards the end. Hmm. Uh, I believe Jenna Raska also threw challenges. Uh, I believe Sandra, they also threw challenge, and, uh, Carl Islands. Yeah, literally every single Survivor winner pretty much has thrown a challenge. Uh, it is a legitimate strategy when executed correctly and in the right, uh, hmm. time. Honestly, the only one who backfired on in Pearl Islands was the guy whose idea it was to throw the challenge. Yep. Um, but hey, it worked out for him yep. a little bit in the end. Hey, so Same thing <laughs> in the building one. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately. Unfortunately, um, yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, again, you know, a little bit of an aside here, but, uh, you know, it's been brought up two times in a row for some reason, even though it has mm-hmm. not mattered. Um, so I think it's worth talking about. Yeah. And we get to flex our stupid survivor knowledge, yep. our pointless, our pointless callbacks. Yeah, I mean, if Survivor is going to be extremely meta and self-referential now, like we should at least be referencing correct strategic, you know, uh, whatever, you know, uh, precedent, right? Mm-hmm. And the the correct strategic precedent is that throwing challenges is usually strategically correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you know who's not going to throw a challenge? Fucking Xander. Dude's a beast. Yep. Like, uh, yeah, he knows. <laughs> I think that he's, he, he at least you know has some level of feeling that uh, that he could be easily gone. Especially, I guess at this point, he's, he's, he knows his idol works. Uh, so he shouldn't feel like super, super in danger. Um, but still, uh, worth it to not have to waste your idol pre-merge if you can help it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, Nasir, great job again, winning the challenge for Luvu. Basically single-handedly. Basically single-handedly again. Yep. Um, Yeah, you know, we we can eat crow here. We thought that uh, Yase was the the disaster tribe. We openly said it before the season started. We kept the narrative going, and they even pressed me. They have a winning record now. They're 4-2, so... Yeah, I mean, look, I think I was the one who was probably the least down on them keeping mm. Tiffany. Uh, I guess right. the, you know, the argument against keeping Tiffany, though, was probably more social than challenge-based mm. uh, in terms of, like, her being kind of, like, a loose cannon or being, like, you know, distrustful or whatever. Um, but, yeah, it does definitely, you know, worked out in their favor, at least from a results-oriented perspective mm. of, like... You know, it doesn't necessarily, you don't necessarily have to immediately vote out one person because they do badly in one challenge one time. Mm-hmm. No, it's a good point. And uh, I feel like we lucked out getting Tiffany to the merge. <laughs> Presumably, uh, we don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. yeah the, it, it, <laughs> as Jeff said in the preview. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> what does that mean, Jeff? <laughs> Oh man! Yeah. Um, so yeah, um, we have a slow mo shot of Ricard missing his like uh, fourth target in a row, um, and uh, ooh, uh, it's like every <laughs> everyone can relate where you think you're looking really cool, you're doing yep. something badass, and then it just goes horribly wrong. Yep. You know. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And now uh, Ua is heading to their uh, third consecutive tribal council. Uh, four out of five episodes now, they have mm. attended a tribal council. Yeah. Not great. No, not at all. Um, but, you know, what we talked about a little bit, the the edge of extinction repurpose island thing is uh, good this week. Uh, we got a little bit well, more the, to... The social interaction is good. The result yeah. of it is bad. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> but we got a little bit more to add to Shen's winner oh, yeah. edit um, to be played mm-hmm. at the reunion oh, yeah. later. Uh, so that's good. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like, come on. Like, this this was, like, like, obviously this was about them two coming together and, like, probably setting up them working together mm-hmm. after the merge. Uh, that's presumably what this is going to be about. Yeah. But, like, this was, like, essentially, like, Liana was basically window dressing during this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this was, this was like, uh, this was Shan's scene. Yeah, it was. And, I mean... I, I like joke, but it, it is starting to be like, okay, so Shen, Shen wins this season. Like, yeah. come oh, yeah, on. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, like, I mean. This is Natalie Anderson on Redemption Island saying she's going to win the game to avenge Nadia, you know, levels of, like, foreshadowing at this point. Yeah, no, this is even more ham fisted than, like, Tommy Sheehan's edit uh, Island <laughs> yeah. of the Isle. Yeah. And that was incredibly ham-fisted to the point where people were, like, just openly making fun of how obvious it was. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I I would be, again, I said this, this is, like, my fourth time in a row I've said this now, that I would be a million times shocked if she is not the winner of this season. Yeah, for real. She's, she's fun. I like yeah. her a lot. So I'd be okay with it. But, uh, oh, well, for sure, yeah. yeah. Like, I think that, you know, I mean, depending on how the rest of the season goes, if she's the winner, like, there's got to be a conversation about if she's, like, top 10, top 5 mm-hmm, mm-hmm. player. Like, the, the amount of, like, control that she has is, like, is wild. Mm-hmm. And they're already setting up, like, the narrative of why Ricard might lose to her in the finals yeah. of, like, not getting any of the credit for any moves mm-hmm. that he... You know, and honestly, he's right because the show is not giving him credit for shit. Yeah. So. So yeah, I mean, yeah, obviously, like all of the scene here we got from Shan is great. We get a lot more context about uh, her background and her life that uh, it's kind of been hinted at in the episodes, mm. uh, but that we also were able to read a little bit of in the preseason and mm. her bio uh, of like her uh, childhood upbringing and you know how she you know went from. Uh, having, like, a, a rough upbringing and ending up in a, in a gang, to, you know, having, like, basically hitting her bottom in her life and then, you know, uh, getting out of it and becoming faster. Mm-hmm. Uh, so just, like, a very, very unique and inspiring story. Uh, yeah. Yeah, she's awesome. Just yeah. bottom line. And, <laughs> and you know, we awesome. uh, also get the story of her mother as well, and Liana is there, you know, comforting her, and they bond over that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we get a very... Uh, I would say, like, uh, interesting, like, potential foreshadowing confessional from Shan where she says that, you know, she's, like, bonded more with Liana in three hours than she's done with Ricard or Jeannie in, like, ten days. Um, yeah, it's it's so funny. Like, sometimes, you know, you, you spend time with people, and that's great, but sometimes you just hit it off with people really, really hard. Yeah. And, 
it works works really well. So we'll see what happens there. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, we yeah. can get Liana into the narrative of this season. That would be nice, as uh, <laughs> given that she's my wife. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and, and look, this was probably her best episode. Like between it was, this scene for sure. and then her obviously getting this wildly overpowered uh, advantage that you know is going to catapult her to probably being you know uh, <laughs> one of the like three or four most powerful people in the game at this point mm. by default. Uh, I, I can't be too upset with it, the way it's playing no. out. Yeah. Um, oh man. So, yeah, uh, great scene. Uh, I wish that, you know, you know, we, we talked about how like, we really wish, you know, they'd stopped giving away uh, so many extra votes. I wish they had just given away an extra vote here. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah. 100% co-sign that. <laughs> so, so, that uh, so that this episode could go from like a 7 or 8 out of 10 to like a 9 out of 10. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, no, I... <laughs> It sucks that that's how we uh, we wrapped up the scene that was really good, but uh, still very uh, enjoyable and awesome sequence. Yeah. And now we can talk about how Ricard is just unfortunate. He's got villain face. No one no one trusts him. It's the it's the gray hair and like the goatee. Like that's the guy you cast as like the evil warlock in the Disney Channel original movie. Like it's it's unfortunate. He, he's a good-looking guy, but he has villain vibes, and that's just it is what it is. Yeah, uh, and the ponytail or butt mm-hmm. thing as well. Like the whole thing, it's like it's like Jafar energy. Yeah, it's just like, yeah, it's unfortunate because he seems like a cool dude, and he's obviously very smart and has a mind for the game, which doesn't help actually. It yeah. just makes it more like, oh, I knew it. I knew he was conniving, yeah. but uh, yeah, even, even Shad can't trust him. <laughs> They're in a final two alliance, presumably. Yeah, no, it's it's rough, um, and it's it's like kind of a like he's very much between a rock and a hard place here because mm. I think he's self aware of his position. He is, yeah. He's he's like I'm in a great spot, but I'm also Shan's number two. And if I remain Shan's number two this entire game, I'm going to lose, yes. right? So he's essentially going to have to decide at some point, like, when am I going to be able to cut Shan without cutting my own game off the knees and allowing myself to be able to, yeah. to get further, which is, like... He doesn't want to, like, war dog himself. Yeah. Like, he, like, got hyper-fixated on being Kelly's number two, took... Kelly Wentworth out and then no. just went out himself. Like yeah. it's it's always the like difficult scenario where you have like again like War Dog on one side and you have like the Laurel on the other side, right? Where mm-hmm. you have to cut your person at some point if you know that you can't beat them. But if you cut them too early, uh, then you lose all of your leverage in the game potentially. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you wait too long, especially with all these advantages, idols, twists, four, final four fire making, uh, challenges, like there's so many opportunities for somebody to just get to a point in the game where they can't be voted out for the rest mm-hmm. of the season. Yep. And like it's becoming more and more difficult for players who are in that position to get overturned without the people overturning them also then just getting overturned right after. 
Yeah, and like it also reminds me during uh during the long hiatus, um, I rewatched Survivor Palau and Ian was in a very similar position with Tom. Yep. Where Ian was like, I need to get Tom out and then it just never came up. Mm-hmm. Like it, the right situation just never happened for him. Yep, similar with like Token Sheen, Steven and JT. Mm-hmm. Uh, where a lot of people are critical of Steven and even the people on the Token Sheen's jury were critical of Steven, like, why did you not take out JT? But if you look at the season as a whole, there's literally no opportunity to take out JT. The yeah. first like the first vote where it would have made sense to cut him was where JT started an immunity streak to yeah. the end of the game. Yeah, yeah. So it's just it's unfortunate. Like sometimes you just can't like it, sometimes it just isn't a, a possibility, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think Ricard is starting to like do that calculus in his head of like when can I take out Shan without like kneecapping my game? Mm-hmm. And he, I think he legitimately does consider here whether he can pull it off at this vote and continue on. Yeah, I mean, if he does lose in a jury vote to Shan, this might be the moment he looks back at and like, I maybe ne- I maybe don't get to the end, but I think I maybe would have had a better chance of winning mm-hmm. if I had just you know sure. taken her. Yeah, I mean, we we do end up seeing that Genie does vote against Ricard at this vote, mm-hmm. so maybe he doesn't. <laughs> Yeah, he doesn't even have a chance. Yeah, um, because Shannon just has things so locked down. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I I think it's um, I think it's interesting. I think it's a very like it's one of the more interesting parts of Survivor, where when you have the social dynamic of somebody who is just perceived as being the mover and shaker among a pair or a trio or an alliance, and mm-hmm. just like the rest of that group or the sidekick or whatever deciding like how do i navigate this and put myself in a position where i can be the one to win mm-hmm. it's hard it's so hard it's so hard there's not a like right there's answer. no easy answer yeah. like a lot yeah. of people it's very easy to uh, look like this is one of the most easily like uh arm uh chair quarterback uh mm-hmm. situations but it's very much like a lose-lose situation mm-hmm. a lot of uh in a lot of cases so- Basically, what we're saying is you all need to fucking apologize to Laurel. You were really mean. Like, I, I don't forget. You guys online were very rude to Laurel. To the to the point where I think she left the Survivor community. Yeah. Which, fair. Like, you guys were fucking ruthless. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, look. Yeah. Like, there's... I, I think that on both sides, there's definitely people who are way too critical of... The people who make the move too early and uh, and end up like you know having their game fall apart because of it, and there's lots of people who are way too critical of people who wait too long to make the move uh, because it is just such a Goldilocks situation, and in many situations in many seasons that like Goldilocks zone just doesn't exist, and so you mm. can never win, and so no matter what you do, there's always going to be people at home being like, oh, you should have made the other decision and lost that way instead. Right. And I mean, we like, Ben and I have fought this battle before. We were on the front lines defending Gabby, trying to get Christian out of Survivor David versus yep, Goliath, but everyone was, like, saying she was dumb for trying to do it. But you, you can't win unless you do make this move. And, you know, people, I don't know, people are just so yep. results-oriented online yep. to where it's just, like, uh, unreal. Yeah, again, like, yeah, because the other option, like, people are critical of Gabby. I think the 
Gabby thing was mostly just because everyone loved Christian and they were like yeah. emotionally upset that he was voted out and blamed, you know, Gabby. Uh, but um, yeah, like the the other side of the coin is like Gabby doesn't vote out Christian there and they mm-hmm. ride to the end game together and then Christian just wins a jury vote and everyone's like, Gabby, you were so stupid. Why did you go to the end with Christian <laughs> exactly. and Louis? It'd be the it's same like, people. Yeah, it'd be the same people. It. Yeah. Just say on the oh, other yeah. side of the argument. Being like, why didn't you do what I would have got angry at you for doing its final eight? Oh, man. So, Ricard, if you need uh, a podcast to come on and defend yeah. any of your thoughts after the season, you're always yeah. welcome here. Sure. Okay, so then I guess we could talk about this from Shan's perspective. Because I do think, like we said, the Shan vote, or, uh, Genie votes for Ricard here. So, Shan is the one who can actually make a decision. Mm-hmm. Do you think that she made the right decision? I do. I think Ricard is a better survivor mind than Jeannie. I like Jeannie. Mm-hmm. She seems like a really nice person. I, If I was going into a merge as a two, mm-hmm. like, cause, you, you know, you can't predict whatever Jeff's going to pull out of his pocket in the next, you know, episode. Uh, I'm just presuming the merge is at 12, like it <laughs> usually is these days. Um, if I'm going in with two, I want Ricard by my side because I think Ricard can can do some damage that Genie can't do. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Uh, I think that this is probably counterintuitive to a lot of people who, like, haven't really, like, put themselves in a situation of, like, playing Survivor and, like, gone mm. through that like, thought process because, you know, potentially on paper you're like, oh, you know, Genie's so harmless and she's just going to be loyal to you and do what you tell her to. Like, isn't that way more valuable than somebody like Ricard? who maybe sometime down the road is going to try to, to like, cut you and win himself. Mm-hmm. But, like, as far as value as an ally, uh, I think loyalty is, frankly, like, really old. Yeah. <laughs> like, I agree. I think lo- lo- loyalty to a point is important. Like, you can't have somebody who is just lying to you constantly and, like, mm. really trying to work against you now. Mm. But, like, I think the value of somebody who can act as a sounding board, who can act as a strategic partner, uh, and who you can especially use when you're in this sort of situation where it's like two people against the world, mm-hmm. uh, where you can do a kind of a divide strategy, mm-hmm. uh, where you can each get more out of the interactions you have with the other players at a merger or a swap mm-hmm. together than you would alone. Because like, yeah, no offense to Genie, but I don't think that Genie is going to be putting the work in that Ricard is going to be able to in terms of like gathering allies, like gathering soldiers behind them, and like deceiving people to the end of both Jan and Ricard, mm-hmm. and like you know trying to think through different scenarios, right? Like these are all extremely valuable, and yeah, a lot of people like to think about themselves as like, oh, I'm like a strategic genius. I could do all of this myself. I don't need right. like a, I don't need a partner to help me, right? But like that's just it's just not true. Like there is you can never think about every scenario and like think through everything and every possibility and every situation yourself. You're always gonna miss something. You're always gonna have a blind spot somewhere. And having an ally who is like trusted enough who is capable of checking those blind spots for you is super valuable. Yeah, because, like, Ricard is, just thinking of it this way, Ricard is way, 
way more likely to get the heads up that they're going to come for you than Genie is. If Genie's just like someone who people see as a plus one to mm. you, they're not going to like try to reel them, reel Genie in to do like strategies, you know? Yep. So like Ricard can actually get the intel and you guys can actually act on it together. And it's just, yep. I don't know. To me, it seems very obvious, but maybe not. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I, I hate like bringing in LRG stuff, but like, you know, in every LRG I've played in, like I've had a strategic partner, you know, mm-hmm. well, one of those instances or in a couple of those instances, that strategic partner has been you, Brian. In, indeed. We've run and, it. We've run it down yeah. very well together. And it's, it's just so it's so invaluable to have somebody who like is able to like operate on the same level as you and like mm. think through things because like i said you can't think of everything and you can't cover every base you can't be in every conversation you can't you know uh recruit every ally right mm. you need help right and somebody like this is like the you know uh as much as people like you know, obviously reasonably shit on Russell Hance for bringing Natalie White along, this was Russell's reasoning for wanting Natalie as his ally headed into the merge was because he saw Natalie as valuable in that instance of recruiting allies because he saw her as sociable and as somebody who would be able to manipulate the other tribe into flipping. And he was yeah. correct in that instance. Very correct. I mean, because you think about it, it came down to... Ashley and Natalie um and then Liz Kim and then Liz and Natalie and he just felt like Natalie was more valuable and Foa Foa does not get to the final five intact without Natalie like mm-hmm. just just no way no way and uh you know a lot a lot of times when people are like well I'm worried they'll cut me if you do like have a bond with somebody as a strategic partner oftentimes it's like you're back to back, you know, shooting, yep. trying to like just make it. And if you're gonna cut each other, it's at the very at the end, end. Yes. like at the last second. And then it's mm-hmm. like no real hard feelings there because yep. you're both exactly. thinking the same thing. So yeah, no, hundred percent. Like you, like there's there's very very few instances where you're cutting somebody like that until you know in a final two season, the final three or final mm-hmm. four, and then in the final three season, the final four, final five. Like yeah. at, you kind of. It, it, it's mutually beneficial for you to like it's kind of like a mutually assured destruction somewhere where we yes. talked about before yep. where if you're like going to war docket or you're going to gabby it right uh you know you're just going to end up getting voted out next mm. oh. yeah yeah and so I, i'm looking forward to seeing these two at the merge oh, yeah. if we percent. ever get a merge who knows what <laughs> jeff's gonna do <laughs> I don't know. I, I think, I mean, we'll see how this plays out. Like, I'm, mm. you know, we'll, we'll see, <laughs> I yeah. guess. I have I have a theory that when we get through the travel council, I want to, okay. like, put out there. I don't know. It will right. probably not be right, but, yeah. I mean, I have no theories. So I'm curious to hear what your theory is. Yeah. It's not um, that crazy, so. Yeah, I mean, my, my only theory would be, like, going to two tribes for, like, one vote. Mm. Um, right, right. But I don't think that's it, so. Um, so, yeah, um... Before this travel council, though, this does boil over because, uh, you know, when this whole UA situation with the idol played out, uh, they did make a plan where they were going to go behind Jeannie's back. Shan was going to take the idol for herself. They were going to hide a fake idol in this place, which I have no idea how that would have played out. 
Yeah. Oh, we know we don't even talk about that because it's not relevant. But like no. <laughs> the idea of like a fake idol that theoretically could have been uh, worthless if they say okay. I just want to play through this really quick because this is another situation where the producers are are like completely <laughs> lacking, right? Yeah. Say Genie finds a fake idol, mm-hmm. and um, the seer does not find the loop one, right? So now Genie thinks that she has a real idol that negates her ability to vote. How does that work when she goes up to vote? Does she, she, does she then see vote, that I she guess? gets to vote and she's like, wait, yeah. I have this idol though, producers, and they're like, do you yeah, know? So, so here's, and I think Survivor, I believe it was Millennials versus Gen X where this happened, where I think it crossed the line. I don't think you should be able to have a fake idol wrapped in the idol like congratulations you found a hidden immunity idol thing i think the idols are way too like abstract Mm -hmm. in what they look like like especially now where they go out of their way to make them look like shitty arts and crafts time like i think you shouldn't be able to trick somebody in that way because you don't have anything in survivor other than like those pieces of parchment that are like official or what Jeff says. Mm -hmm. So like, to me, I feel like if you're going to do a fake idol, you have to do it like Bob Crowley style where it's like, I found the idol. Here you go. This is the idol, you know? Yeah, I agree. I think that it has to either be a, uh, a Bob Crowley style or like a, you know, I'm going to make a fake idol and pretend Mm -hmm. that I have the idol. Uh, yep. like try to bluff people yes yeah yeah um, i just so, don't because it's just it's like it's who, who was who was it in millennials versus gen x jay yeah, you found okay. it and got voted like there's david what was he, what was he yeah. supposed to do like it looked or, real enough and or, it had the thing or the you know? entire ridiculous end game of uh edge of extinction where uh rick devins makes four thousand fake idols about that. just to uh, entertain himself yeah, because he had 4,000 pieces of congratulations. You found a hidden immunity idol parchment. Yeah. I just, uh, I don't I don't like it. And now, now Survivor, because since they let it go, then they have to let it go now. And it just makes everything way too messy. Yeah, because again, like, what do, you, what do you do here? What is, mm. like, it doesn't come up because Genie is not going to find the fake idol or not going to, apparently not going to go try and grab the idol when it's become know, clear. Right? Uh, that it's uh, uh, now active, right? <laughs> and uh, not going to, um, uh, I guess, going to get voted out here, so it doesn't matter. Um, so it's not like she's going to, because she's in the game. Mm. But what would have happened in that situation? How do you think that plays out? I think uh, the producers say, no, you can't get the idol. It's not active yet. You can only activate it at the next tribal or next challenge. I'm saying, mm. how does it play out when Jeannie thinks that she has a non-active Beware Advantage idol, but it's actually oh, a fake idol, and she and doesn't, so she think doesn't she's actually be able to lose vote. her vote? Ben, you're asking me questions the producers don't know the answers exactly. to. Exactly! <laughs> 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 yeah, no, nobody thought it through. <laughs> like the producers just have to tell her she has a fake idol yep that's, that's like, at, at a certain point 
they're like, fuck, we didn't uh, anticipate something like this. So yeah, cat's out of the bag, I guess. And then she would be, she would be like, oh, okay, I am definitely playing my shot in the dark then. Yes, a million percent. Like, yeah, <laughs> oh, man. I don't. Know. Yeah, just I, don't I just know. wanted to, another aside where I just like rant about how like the the twists are internally inconsistent and there's all these loopholes that can completely break the way that the game works. Yeah. Um, yeah. Jesus. Anyways, uh, so because. Uh, Shan finds or takes the idol that was found by Jeannie and left there, pretends she didn't, fake activates the idol that actually really activates the idol, puts a fake idol in the place of it. Uh, she, before the challenge, thinks that she's going to not have her vote potentially. So mm -hmm. proactively, I don't know why proactively, instead of a million percent waited until after the Jeannie challenge, uh, <laughs> gives the extra vote to Ricard. Uh, and says, you know, now if I don't have my ex uh, I don't have my vote, then uh, you will have two votes versus Genie's one, and we can still vote her out, or you can still mm -hmm. vote her out. You'll have the one vote to eliminate, mm -hmm. basically. Basically, you will, you, will, yeah. you will vote. You will cast all of the votes. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, it's just so funny because she stole the extra vote from JD yep. and snaked it so hard. That Ricard is like, uh, I know what you're capable of, so I'm not giving this back. Which, yeah. fucking, yeah, yes, yeah. good move, Ricard. That's correct. <laughs> yeah. Like, I think you... we, can, we, can, like, we can, you know, pontificate about, like, uh, you know, alliance value or like that. Easy. Do not give this back. No. Oh, my God. So, yeah, <laughs> uh, he, unlike JD, knew exactly what to do. Yeah. And held, stuck to his guns. Yeah. Imagine uh, that the the smart player is still in the game and JD is not. Right. <laughs> oh man. Um, but yeah, like obviously, like you, if you even in the back of your mind think for a second that there's a chance that Shan is voting you out, right? You're not gonna give her extra power by doing that. Like it's, no. It's <laughs> wild to do that. Um, so yeah, and again. This is also on Shan, because there, there was no reason for Shan to give up the extra vote proactively. Uh, mm. She could have waited until they lost and known whether or not the idol was active. Uh, right. So, And if she had waited, she wouldn't have even had this confrontation. Mm. Um, so. Oh, man. Yeah. But, you know, ultimately, it was a drama for not. Yes. So Jeannie, very fun character, liked her a lot, enjoyed her on the show, um, but, uh, you know, if we had to lose Jeannie to get, you know, Shan and Ricard to yeah. the merge, I'm, I'm okay with that. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think that the Shan Ricard story is going to be, like, probably one of, if not the major storyline of the season, um, and I think that... Like they could be the you know even JT the mm -hmm. the Don Wendell the Denise and Malcolm of the season and uh, yeah I think that's that's potentially where we're going I don't know if you think the same or no I agree you know. I I agree I think yeah. at this point like it's just it's set up so much yeah like to to just have like one of them get like sniped right at the merge or something would be like okay that's very mm -hmm. not narratively fulfilling for what we've been spending our time on. So, 
Yeah. Oh man. Right. Um, yeah. So I think that you know this is where we're going. Uh, I think that you know if that is the case, uh, is it a little bit uh, annoying that it's kind of being kicked off this part? Maybe, but I'm yeah. interested enough in the story, and like, um, uh, I'm more than happy with if, if Shan is the winner. I'm more than happy to watch that story unfold. Mm. Uh, that I'm not like super upset with it being kind of telegraphed, specifically. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, no, same here, same here. And, you know, the survivor editors, they they got to get back into the swing too. If if, if they were like, we got to tell like a pretty straightforward story for this one. Yeah. I understand. So uh, maybe in the future it'll be different. But uh, yeah, I guess here's my pitch, Ben. Here's what I think they're gonna do. Mm-hmm. So. Obviously, no one remembers Survivor Thailand. Um, I think that goes without saying. I referenced it earlier <laughs> on the podcast. That's true. You did. You did. Yeah. But uh, I just mean in a sense that I think like sure. every year somebody was like, this has never happened before. Yeah. Um, what if they do like a tribe swap, but one world them onto the same beach or like Survivor Thailand them onto the same beach? So okay. they all can still talk to each other and influence strategy and give advantages and like all that, but there's mm-hmm. still technically two tribes. Okay, so you think they are going to go to two and not stay in the three? I guess they can't really stay in the three unless they one. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, so do you think that they're going to? do a full reshuffle or are they going to... I think they're going to... Are they going to combine Yasa and Ua or are they going to do... What are they going to do here? I think they're going to do a full reshuffle. Okay. Um, My issue with a full reshuffle though is that that gives Luvu so much power. Yes, of course. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, well, I mean, maybe they end up on a 4-2 split for... Um, And then... Maybe, but... More likely, both tribes are going to be three, two, one. I think statistically, mm. right. um, where you know it's going to be a lot easier for the Luvus to flip one of the two or one as opposed to mm. like the Luvus to break up. Um, but yeah, that would be interesting, I guess. So basically, like a fake merge, but they're told up front that it's a fake merge. Yeah, I doubt they're going to do like. I really did like in All-Stars where they, like, very heavily were, like, you know, I actually they did the fucking same thing they did in Survivor Thailand. Yeah. Uh, and, but uh, where they very heavily were, like, oh, hang out with one person from the other tribe, yeah, yeah. get to know each other. And then it's like, yep, here's the urn and Mogo Mogo colors came out. Like, I liked that mm-hmm. a lot. I don't think they're going to do it that way, but uh, I think they'll be straight up with them. And be or like, the Galvon way. Yeah, that was good actually. I liked that in Gabon. Yeah, I mean, it um, definitely, it definitely uh, massively screwed over the onions when they were uh, mm. completely dominating position. Uh, mm. But it was very good narratively mm. between the the idol from the ocean into the yeah. to the fake merge into fake tribe split into the Marcus landslide. Mm. I loved too how they just very very blatantly we're going to merge at that point and then yep. decided not to. And we're like, we're not making a new challenge. This is the challenge. Whoever mm-hmm. wins, wins the whole thing for their tribe. Yeah. That was great. <clears throat> yeah. No, I... We're running into conspiracy theories here between the, the all-star situation and then, and then the Gabon uh, fake merge. Yeah. I mean, a lot of conspiracies. Can... 
If they don't want Luvu to steamroll, they can stack the buffs. They're not above it. <laughs> we've I mean, we've uh, seen it. I feel like they might want... Uh, I don't know. Do you think they want uh, Luvu to steamroll? I feel like they've invested a lot into Nasir, especially, and also like mm. Deshaun and Danny as like potential uh, like heroic figures or strategic uh, mm. figures. Um, and even like, you know... Uh, Sid and to a lesser extent Erica is like kind of potential uh, like long term villains. Mm. I don't know. I think there's I think there's an argument that there's like story they want to explore there. Yeah. And I mean who knows? I just in the preview we saw Deshaun kind of seemingly talking about the twist while in a Luvu buff still. Mm-hmm. And you know, they have the buff matic where they can change the color of the buff. They've they've done that in the past. They've, they've actually even just removed the colors of the buff, if we're going to talk about Survivor Gabon again, which was very tacky, but loved it. Yep. <laughs> um, so who knows what that means. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. I guess uh, I have to wait another uh, another week. Uh, I do think that, again, I, I think that keeping three tribes this long is very interesting. Uh, I think it's one of the better decisions they made uh, in uh, Philippines. Uh, this is even longer. This is uh, five votes versus four. Yeah, because mm. Matt Singh couldn't get out of their own way enough to yeah. to let them do it any further. Right. Yeah. I mean, at least uh, at least uh, there have been two non-Uwins voted out. Mm. <laughs> so yeah, one extra episode and two extra vote outs here. Mm. Uh, that this has lasted in three tribes uh, before we get to some kind of situation. Yeah, I, it, it'll be interesting no matter what. So I'm excited for it. The, the season is turning around slowly. It's like a, like a ship at sea where it just takes a long time to turn yeah. around. But hopefully once it's turned around, we're full steam ahead into a really good end game. It's like the ship that got trapped in the Suez Canal, right? Mm-hmm. We're, yeah. just, uh, we're just waiting. We're digging we're waiting. out the sides and we're just yep. hoping yep. that... Uh, we're hoping that things get back to normal slash also hoping that another barge immediately does the same thing because that'd be really funny. Yeah, hoping that uh, <laughs> that we can get through this without uh, without these advantages uh, completely you know, dismantling some sort of interesting strategic or social situation that we have going on. Yeah, that is um, an evergreen to getting stuck again, you know. Yeah. Uh, if that happens, so we'll see. Yeah. Very timely, Ben, talking about shipping struggles right now. Mm-hmm. Look at us. Look at us. That also does remind me that um, Liana might actually have access to information about a fifth advantage uh, mm-hmm. if, because Evie knows that uh, Deshaun has, has an, an extra, extra vote. vote. You're right. <laughs> Um, She's just the oracle, just like above everyone. Right. And you're so like, she, I see all. She potentially has access to every piece of information except for the sham or card extra vote. Yeah, and she might as well just have every advantage in the game right now. She whatever she wants, she, she's, she's yeah, she get. fundamentally does have mm-hmm. access to every advantage in the game uh, and can and basically decide, you know, whether or not she wants to win the season, right? So. <laughs> right. Oh man. Yeah. So, good for her. Uh, anything else? I think we covered it. We, I yeah. think we did a real good job. We talked about, like, 30 seasons of Survivor in this one episode. Yeah. This we talked a, about LRGs. 
<laughs> this is a bad one uh, if Dylan's going to listen to this back in terms of spoiling. Yeah, uh, oh, I got to warn him. Yeah. <laughs> like, by the way, we spoiled every season of Survivor. Um, yeah. It all came up kind of organically somehow. But... Yeah. Well, I mean, look, again, when we have players, and this is something that frustrate, frustrates me on Big Brother, frustrates me on Survivor, when players talk about just like blatantly incorrect strategic precedent mm. uh you know gotta gotta flex that historical uh mm-hmm. knowledge in some way gotta put them in their place yeah you, know? you gotta gotta let us know and then it's it'll be very hilarious if one of us ever do go on big brother and survivor and flame out well, and then be like these motherfuckers talked so much shit and then this is what happened. There is a difference between knowing what to do and doing it. All right. True. You know, like you, you can know the correct strategic decisions, but be you know socially incompetent. But mm-hmm. I, 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 I'm like you. Know, I, I challenge Survivor Big Brother. Put me on. I, I, <laughs> I have enough of an ego. I, I have think, enough yeah. of an ego to to think that I would win. Mm-hmm. It would be very good for our ratings. Please yeah. put him on. Yeah. All right, um, anything else? No, I, I think that's it. Um, this is a lot of fun, as always. I've, I've had a ton of fun on all our Survivor podcasts this uh, this week. Um, hopefully we'll be getting Dylan back soon. Uh, he was thinking maybe he was going to be on tonight. Didn't work out, but uh, we, we will see him soon because I'm dying to know what he's like thinking about what's happening here. Yep. We'll get like a little lowdown on the JD situation and then this episode and whatever yep. else from him the next time he's back on. Yeah, no, it sucks. He missed uh, probably the two best episodes of the season mm-hmm. back to back, and also the episode where his winner pick is voted out. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, a lot to potentially cover next week if he is back. Um, so, yeah. Uh, other than that, you want to shout out some uh, social media stuff, Brian? Sure. All right. So, hey, uh, follow me on Twitter at the fake BMR. That's B-M-A-R-R. Uh, make sure my algorithms aren't being suppressed or whatever Donald Trump Jr. said that one time. Um, and then uh, you can find me also on Wicked Good Sports as a spinoff of our main channel, Wicked Good Everything. And, of course, this channel where I talk about, hey, sports, uh, sporting topics, focus on football myself. But we have people like Jack and Chris who focus on um basketball and hockey and then chad from the have not room we'll talk a little bit about patriots ben we got to get you back on there you're on a stream once the one stream we did for that channel um but yeah we'll, we'll get you back on there and uh we also have a tiktok for wicked good sport uh just wicked good sports on tiktok mm-hmm. and uh yeah that's all i have to look if, look if the if the Sox win the world series i'll come mm-hmm. on and talk about that we do it all right fucking yeah. You guys better do it. I don't know what the score is currently right now. Yeah, I haven't uh, checked. Uh, we'll see. Uh, it wasn't looking great before we got on. Master is too good. You can uh, you can follow me on Twitter, uh, FN Sharon, uh, and you can follow uh, me channel on Twitter, uh, Everything, and then on Instagram, TikTok, uh, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch, uh, Look at Good Everything. Uh, this channel is uh, Better Radio, and this is the Blindsiders Podcast, where we talk about Survivor. And other than that, we'll be back next week to talk about Episode 6 of Survivor 41. Absolutely. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks for listening.